Welcome everyone to the Inspiring You Show. I'm Henry and this, my friends, is a vibrational experience, a remembering of the truth of who we are. The content is light encoded to assist you on your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. So today, my friends, we have a very special guest. And before I introduce him, I would like to share my connection to his story. And I can already feel myself getting a little bit emotional because this person has been in my life for many years, even though he may not have known it. And I have so much gratitude for him. So friends, first of all, what do you do when the physical world seems like a really unsafe place? Where do you find the support when science hasn't really caught up to the information and technology that you need? How do you re-embody after a severe disassociation? How do you heal work PTSD? And how do you heal when trauma changes your brain chemistry? Who do you trust with your most sacred gift, your human, in the physical world when your human feels really fragile? So those are all the questions I was contemplating after I experienced trauma and I can already feel, mm. feel it coming up while working on an unscripted reality TV therapy show for Lifetime TV. And yes, it is not lost on me that it was a therapy reality TV show. So after a 20 year plus career in TV, I had found my groove. I had made it to the top of the proverbial mountain and become an executive producer. And I really loved making inspiring TV shows. Then one day I came to set to find another executive producer on a rampage of rage. Producers were crying everywhere. And I don't think I'll ever unhear the screaming of the executive producer. There was so much pain in that screaming and that person needed help. And then the wailing of the crying from the producers all around. There was so much suffering from everyone that was happening at once. And being a frequency feeler, an empath, if you will, or if you resonate to a highly sensitive person, whatever language you use, my nerves immediately felt all the pain in the room. And being a trained producer, I did go into that action to see if I could do something. And so I headed up to where this person was. And as soon as I asked the showrunner if I could help, she turned and yelled. It was so forceful that I disassociated. She sounded like the cartoon character, Charlie Brown's teacher, the wah, 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 wah. And for those of you who may be younger and not knowing what I'm talking about, feel free to Google that. So all I heard was this wah, 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 and I couldn't really understand what she was saying. And I have to say that was probably like one of the scariest moments of my life. I could feel my brain chemistry changing in that instant. And I actually don't recall a lot from that moment of what was happening outside of me in the physical world. But I do remember the feeling of when my observer self, higher self, soul, team of light came rushing in. So as many of you know, I've had years of meditation, prayer work that has been supporting my human through all kinds of things. And through that very moment, I was a witness of how the human and the higher self soul team worked. I was in awe of that, even though it was a very horrible experience to be in for my human. I understood and felt how cared for I was in that moment. I had a direct experience of light guidance. I remember how strongly my team of light, higher self soul came in and the message was really clear. 
they said, tell her, and they meant the executive producer who was still screaming, and now it was directed in my face, tell her, you need to go to the bathroom now. And that now is so clear. And then they said, walk away. It was such clear instructions and the words came through me. And then I felt a push from my team of light to turn around and walk away. And I did. And it was one of the scariest times of my life for many reasons. After that incident, I did feel really alone, confused, and just terrified in the physical world. I felt like my human broke in that moment, which how do you then unbreak the human? It was really scary. And I didn't know if I could heal what had happened in my brain. So who do you turn to in the physical world? And I was working in an industry at that time that all the abuse was really hidden. And so many of my friends were so focused on building more wealth wanting to get on that TV show or this show, hoping for it to become a hit, wanting more power, prestige, building more and more wealth. And at that time in my experience, no one was really talking about trauma in the entertainment industry and what effects it could have on you. And because of the disassociation and the PTSD, I was more in an agitated state. So I wasn't also the fun loving, happy Henry that so many people were used to in the TV industry. And so then I watched how fast so many of my friendships changed when trauma got onto the menu. I discovered who my real friends were. And meanwhile, I wanted my core to stop shaking. And my guys were with me every step of the way, yet who do you talk to in the physical world? And so from that moment of abuse on set, I actually quit working in television. I was done showing up being abused, turning a blind eye to it and making excuses for it. So a lot was happening for me during that time at once. I had to heal the disassociation, the work PTSD, my friendship circle drastically changed. I had major career change happening, yet my guide team was ushering me through the healing process. And during one of my many prayer sessions, when I was on my knees crying, doing that really painful surrendering, just asking for my team of light to have her help, I just kept saying, I just need more support in the physical world. Y'all, I know you're with me, but really, I just need some support in the physical world. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody to talk to in the physical world. So bring it, please, in ASAP. And then the next day, an acquaintance that I hadn't spoken to in a long time reached out to me, Carol Doherty. And we both had the same energy healing teacher for years. And being in energy healing classes together, Carol and I reconnected. And she told me about the show she had been listening to. The show was Beyond the Ordinary. The show was founded and hosted by John Burgess and offers free live interactive webinar broadcast featuring the world's leading transformative thought leaders, energy healers, and spiritual masters. This show was established as a platform to honestly speak about subjects, feelings, thoughts, and hard to find things in mass media. The Beyond the Ordinary Show quickly has grown into a really incredible interactive community for those seeking out ancient wisdom, the next generation of mystical teachings, spiritual awakening, soulful guidance, and each broadcast is live, my friends, and free, and features John sitting with today's most relevant cutting-edge experts and awakened luminaries to talk about physical, mental, and spiritual clarity and direction, and so much more. So, my friends, this show became one of my lifelines in the worst times of my human experience. 
Yet through a difficult time, I saw how it was all divinely guided and I was still in awe of the unfolding, the magic of the light that kept me going. And so for about a year, I would put on my headphones and head out on nature walks with my dog, Boo, and listen to John Burgess on Beyond the Ordinary and whomever he had on the show. And many of you know that I started out this year wanting to do more gratitude and honoring those who weathered the storm with me and helped me to remember to reground, realign all those years ago. So today, I am beyond honored to have John Burgess on the show. And I just want to say thank you so much personally to him and also to share his story and show with all of you. Thank you so much, John, for being here with me. Oh, it's an honor to be here. And as you're telling your story and I'm sharing it and I'm in the energy with you, I'm just standing with the sword behind you energetically, just wrapping you up. I was like, uh uh. And that's really one of the reasons I started the show is the support that was needed. I grew up being extremely sensitive as a very masculine Latino upbringing type of male type of thing, being sensitive wasn't something that was necessarily looked upon as an attribute to embody. And it's when I started reclaiming my sensitivity as a gift rather than something that's diminishing me because other people didn't want to feel what I felt and they were uncomfortable with it, um, that my life really began to change. And it's, again, one of the greatest gifts that we have as sensitives. And, and I always say it's the empaths, it's the sensitives that are going to change this world. Cheers to that. So where did you grow up? Oh, gosh, I am a mix of so many things. My parents are immigrants from Colombia, from South America. So I'm first generation American. I was born in New York, lived there until my early teenage years. And then we moved to Texas. And that was fantastic. And also a cultural shock within itself as well. Um, back in the day, because it was very racist. It was crazy. And raise the that's family. Very, that's extreme going from to New York to Texas. I grew up in Massachusetts. And I actually did many shows in Texas. I spent many months in Texas. And so it is. But at the same time, how profound for you to be able to get different experiences for your human, which is then two questions. One, do you have a moment when you remember when you were a child of having understanding your gifts and your connection and then your guidance? And then how did it help you in terms of transitioning from New York to Texas, because I always feel like, you know, one thing you were talking about in terms of empath sensitive, I always feel like in terms of some of the people that I've talked to, the history is there has been experiences that they have early on that has brought the ability for adaptability and also a lot of different experiences to cultivate this sort of resilience of this connection on the inside. And I feel like everybody has some sort of a story that's slightly different. And if so, I'd love to hear yours. Well, the wiring was definitely honed, if you will. I grew up in a very abusive household. Not that we were, my brother and I, physically abused, but there was a lot of emotional abuse and witnessing my mother and father going at it almost every night, not sure if someone was going to die that evening on a continuous basis. It was traumatic. It was traumatic. And that definitely honed a lot of the hypervigilance, a lot of the attachment styles that I still to this day work on that brings up an anxiousness wanting to make sure people are taken care of. And it's this road that we evolve through, even as we're aware, because there's a lot of different components as we awaken spiritually and energetically, that the body still has to catch up. And that's another conversation. 
the experiences of witnessing that again, the hypervigilance and I used to not fall asleep until I'd pass out because I was just waiting for something to happen. But then I had very esoteric experiences also when they were fighting. I always knew it's like, you guys are stupid. Love is the answer. If you just love each other, then it's mm -hmm. very simple. But I also had profound dreams of guides coming to me and speaking to me and letting me know how protected I was. So I was never afraid to get in the middle of anything that was volatile because I always felt protected. I always felt this guidance with me. And to this day, that guidance surrounds me. And over the years, I have messages. I have prophetic dreams. I see energy. I get whispers in the middle of the night. I get visions of where to go or for other people. And it's just, it's honed over the years and refined. Now that it comes from a place that I can share the wisdom rather than use it as a thing for survival. Which it's interesting. I will say as a child, I had a home that was also extremely disruptive with a lot of just chaos energy and specifically high emotionality in terms of dysregulation. And I will say it really created me going deeper within to ask for clarity and guidance. And, you know, from a young child, um, you know, three of my main guides have been Jesus, Ascended Master, and then Archangel Michael and St. Teresa. And they were the trio that would come in for me. And when I would have questions about like, what's really happening here, they would come in very strongly to download the wisdom. And it's interesting because I went to Catholic school for 12 years and I thought, well, this is like everyone's experience, right? Right. Well. <laughs> Wait, that was that was surprising. But I will say that connection that you're talking about that you're honing, that honing connection was so strong that I would just go within. Even when I was talking about the disassociation I had, all that practice, it just I went within. I need help. And I was recognizing that my human was becoming fractured. I could feel it. But because I had that strength of that connection, I could hear that guidance, even though there was a fracturing happening. Right. And to the other point that you're saying, the other thing that I've been working on the last couple of years, which you've spoken about it on your show, integrating more of the emotional, mental health, mindfulness in. And when you had mentioned that, I had already signed up for this mindfulness meditation teacher certification program with Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock. And I was like, Oh my God. Now I'm in a, um, do you know who Dr. Bessel van der Kloek is? I do, yeah. The body keeps the score. I'm just finishing up his seven month certification program, which I will say has helped me what you're talking about in terms of understanding the attachment. And also I think when we're honing as somebody who's an empath, the guides are now telling me to say things like frequency feeler because you become so aware as a child in terms of feeling between the words that are being spoken you can feel the frequencies right but the challenge is the human becomes so conditioned to then go into movement when something is happening i'm now in that process that you were speaking about of unconditioning some of the non-beneficial physical patterning and in taking this course with dr bessel Vanderkloek. It's so helpful to learn about the just the attachment styles and what can happen in terms of the physical programming. I just wanted to speak to that because it's so interesting, again, like all the guidance and then you can lead up to a place and you're like, oh, wow, I've really been guided 
which is amazing. And now this is the point where I am. So can you talk to any of that about where you are and how that looks in your life and how you've found support in terms of moving forward with certain things? Oh, absolutely. It's the awareness that I've had and through the arc of the show's life, we're going to celebrate 10 years in May of running the show. So it's been such an amazing run. And at first, it was really about going out and getting information, connecting with guidance, getting into acclimating to what we would call a higher octave of a frequency. And so guides would come in and the galactic information after a few years started evoking a lot of heart opening. Jesus, the Essene energy, the Magdalene's, all that very much in alignment with me as well. Even though when I first started, when I cracked the dam open and the visions and everything really started coming through so strongly, I couldn't stop it. I kind of pushed my Catholicism away. It's like, mm, no BS. That's what I grew up in and what was pounded in me. So you so, also grew up Catholic. I did. Yeah. And again, when that happened, the energy really started flowing in. I pushed those stories away and I just really sat with the frequency and I invited other traditions and, and practices to come to life. And I got educated on them from a very practical and embodied way. Then after a few years that I couldn't run away from these messages that were coming from this place that was extremely mystical. And the energy of Yeshua and the Essenes, these connections to lands that I had to go travel to that were historically imprinted with information, there was just no denying it. And when that came in, there was a whole other level of awareness, of embodiment of these frequencies that really landed in profound ways. My intuition, my sense, my clairs, clear audience, clear sentience, clear visuals just went to a whole nother level. Over the last few years, it became very obviously that we're bridging. The bridging that heaven on earth is like, okay, we've gone out. How do we bridge the earthly realm, but not the earthly realm as we've known that's struggling to survive. It's the earthly realm of what we're building and the consciousness and what we're building in. And so when you attune to that place of benevolence and receiving that information, you can't help but to share what you're receiving. And you'll know that it'll help others, whether you help one person or a million people, it's irrelevant, but you just can't help to provide that embodied wisdom. And that's where the show really started from. I had to share what was shifting my life tremendously. What's coming now is this bridging between spiritual esoteric wisdom and the psychology right now, bridging science with the esoteric, bridging personal development with the woo-woo, if you want to call it that, which it's not. It's just called that because people didn't know how to interpret it from a scientific perspective. And it's all catching up. So we're bridging the gap between the mind, the body, and the heart because our body needs to catch up. Psychologically, from the esoteric place, a lot of us have really done the work but our bodies haven't been given the opportunity to have the somatic experiences of the energy to flow through us. So when we're young, we're taught that we're supposed to stop our emotions short. You're throwing a tantrum, pause, stop doing it. It's not right. As a little kid, if you have a sexual impulse, that's not appropriate, do this. And it stops in your body. It stops at your ankle or your knees or your gut or your heart, wherever. But we stop the emotions short instead of allowing them to run through. So a lot of what's coming through, even 
outside of the mainstream media and the more personal development communities, you hear a lot about the psychology of somatic therapy, you hear a lot about disassociation and coming back, attachment styles that are coming to the surface because the body is ready to receive and to transmute not only the trauma, the PTSD that we've suffered in this lifetime, but also that we've inherited. And even science now, science, this came out in the New England Medical Journal that our emotions and the way that we are are actually imprinted five generations back. Mm -hmm. Science is catching up with what we've been saying on the show and other places. We've been talking about it for 10 years. It was woo-woo, but it's not. We have an awareness. So all that's really exciting. But again, the bridging of that consciousness with the body, and it doesn't matter where you are. If you're mostly in your body, if you had a chance to process that, then the avenues to access these other multidimensional realms are opening up as well. There's no judgment as to, and there's no one entry point to go in. This is landing for all of us. We are evolving as humanity, as a consciousness, and that's just exciting. So no matter what anybody says of how bad the state of the world may be, I know without a doubt that this is all happening for us, that the contractions are putting us into places because we're ready to move all these things out of our physicality, out of our emotional, energetic bodies, and to evolve it into an energy where we're more interconnected, where we get to bring the genius. And our genius is met with dignity, not with control and manipulation like you were met when you were working in that place and what you described. And it's in that dignity that we bridge worlds between nations, between cultures, between religions that have caused so much separation. We are not going to be able but to help, but to work in unison with one another because our current systems demand it. But most importantly, because we're raising in consciousness and we're just becoming more accepting and more open and want to give to others from our full cup. Mm -hmm. That's really why it's happening. These contractions that we're feeling in different phases of our lives or in different parts of the social conditioning around the world, it's all coming up because it's forcing us to a place that we're ready to go to. And we've just been too entrained to keep it comfortable. It's like, why would I want to build my body to run a mile if I don't have to? Mm -hmm. But our body's capable of doing it. It's just, we'd rather not do it. And the energies are coming up saying, you know what? You're gonna learn to use your body in a different way. You're gonna learn how to run that mile and it's gonna suck for a little bit. But man, once you do it, the freedom that it gives you, the confidence, the awareness, the community, it's like nothing we've ever experienced before. That was really well said and just so beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I will say from my own experience, there's been times in the last couple of years where we've had like just the earthquake recently in Turkey and Syria. I could feel that. I live in California now. I could feel that happening. And it's now... The progressiveness of understanding how connected we are is so profound. Yet within that, though, like you're talking about the human kind of waking up to it and it's slightly uncomfortable at times because like you were saying, 
just because you know you can run a mile, why do I have to? And then it's like, you're kind of just being shaken, like you can do this human, you can do this. And then once you move through it and the other end of it, just the, the profound realization of how connected we are and the understanding of also just mother earth and the frequencies and the feeling of the energy and the happenings, it's just so amazing. So amazing. So thank you for sharing that. I would love to now hear how did your show come about? Where were you? What were you doing? God, it's been a ride and it was pure guidance in so many ways. I worked corporate for a long time. I got bored working corporate and I was never really the corporate type. I was lucky enough to work in an industry and then a company who just finally gave me a keys to an office and said, here, go do your thing. What were you doing? I was working corporate escrow. So I was working high-end commercial real estate, handling the finances and interpreting contracts and legal forms so that the transactions could take place. It was all right. It was good training for corporate. How many years did you do that? And were you, I think you were married or you have children? Both. So I worked corporate for about 15 years. And while I was working corporate, I had side businesses and other things that I was doing all the time. So very entrepreneurial and learned a lot and got put into experience that I never would have dreamed of. So serendipity would always show up for me. It's like, I grew up, you know, my parents are Colombian and I lived there for a while. And I was in a business where I was consulting for the Colombian government. And I was spending time in the presidential palace. And as my family's like, what are you doing? How do you live in the States and get to do that? But again, synchronicities that would come through. Corporate was all right. Again, it was about 15 years worth of corporate. They gave me the keys because it was very hard for me to follow the corporate rules. They just didn't make sense to me, but I got bored. And so I started my own business and I had an insurance franchise for a few years and that went great for a while. It was actually, the business was gifted to me by a friend because someone had dropped the business and he was running the agency regional offices and someone had to take over. He's like, you'd be perfect for it. Let me gift you $250,000 of a book of business. I was like, okay, I'll take that. And Synchronicity, I, abundance. Okay. Yeah. For list flow. Thank you. It's like, thank you. I took it and ran with it for about three years, got bored. And it's like, all right, what do I do next? And then I was led to look for a mentor. And to help expand the business, because there's got to be something else besides making money. And I love my family. And we lived in the suburbs, had a nice car. You know, we did the suburb thing. And it was all right. But I was bored. There had to be something else to life. So I wanted to serve the community and found a way to serve in a different way. But even that felt empty. And when I hired a mentor, I was looking for a business coach, someone to teach me how I can expand my business to be able to serve people. And that mentorship went from business development to spiritual development. And I went through a profound process that just cracked the door open for me. It's like once I went through that and I was ready and that's the thing, I was primed and this was always something that ran in me. But when I was finally able to release some of these emotions and traumas that were penting up this ability to see in different realms, that's when life really changed. It was profound. Again, I started seeing energy around trees and animals and people. I started having prophetic dreams, guides coming to me, showing me all these things. My life did a complete 180. And it was wonderful. And it was tough also because some of my friends just weren't resident anymore. Living in Texas just wasn't working anymore. Um, I deepened my relationship with my daughters. I had great relationships with them. And a capacity to go deeper and open my heart with them even more as I express even more vulnerability. 
I never knew that was available. And not that it was pretty damn good before. How old were you at that time? I was 40 years old, 39, 40 years old. I'd been married. I was married 18 years. On the day of my wedding, I was 23 years old. The day of my wedding, I heard you're going to be married 18 years. So that guidance was always coming to me. When I asked for the separation that I knew was the end of the marriage, it was 17 years and 51 weeks in. It was a week before our 18-year anniversary. Wow. Weird. I had another situation where I started dating someone a few years after my divorce. And our second date, I sit down and I hear she has cancer. Mm. Am I supposed to say something? No, you just need to be aware. A year and a half into the relationship, we found that she had what would have been considered a terminal brain tumor miraculous solutions came up around that but yeah i was married 18 years divorced almost 10 now uh two wonderful daughters and a grandson now so but it's amazing how life shifts and the directions that it takes so i went from growing up in new york to living in texas to synchronicity and the energy moving me to a more expansive place that i felt like i can grow into santa barbara in california to living in hawaii mostly for the last eight years now and i never could have imagined the life I'm living now when I was in my 20s or 30s. I was so on track for the way that we're taught to mortgage our life. Go to college, do this, raise your kids, save money. And then after you save enough money, maybe you can retire. And then maybe you're tired. Maybe you can start living your life and doing the things that you love. And not that I didn't do that with my family in other ways, but the system is so entrenched in following this formula that has a lot of people forsaking their gifts. And who they are and their connection not only to spirit but to the earth and to their truly intimate relationships in their lives and love that so many of us are rising up to this and saying no this is what's really important here what was made important through a society or a system that was propagating consumerism isn't the way that we're supposed to be living our lives and we're making that right again Thank you for all of that. And I have so many follow-up questions, but I'm going to try to contain them. <laughs> the producer in me is like, oh my God, there's so many avenues. So first of all, I think I want to go back to your story, but you bring up such a relevant point. When you get psychic information, what do you do with that? What is the responsibility in that? Especially not only when it's about you but someone else so how do you handle and obviously you're in this situation and you asked your guides whether or not to say anything but how did you know first of all to do that were you trained or it's something that you've just known to do it's for some reason i've known to check in with my body for yes no responses and see how my nervous system responds as well i'll get kind of like physical knowings. I'm clairsentient, which helps tremendously. So as I ask questions, my body informs me. I just learned to ask at first when these gifts, I'll call them, or just this awareness that I had of how sensitive I am to energies and how I interpret and have conversations with that, I played a lot of games with them. I played which elevator is coming first, who's calling me on the phone. I gave myself a lot of permission to be wrong. Because a lot of times when we get these messages, we take it so seriously and it's like, it's, we have to have reverence for it. And all this is like, play with it. Just it's when something's really meant for you to hear, if you're getting a psychic hit, you're going to get it more than once. 
unless it's really loud and you just know you've got to say something. But if you're kind of in doubt and do I say something or don't, don't wait, ask again. My guides will come in. I'll be standing at a coffee shop and a friend will introduce me to a new friend. And I hear, tell her this, tell her that. I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm going to say anything. No way. No way. And I'll argue for five minutes as I'm having a conversation here and another conversation is going on in my head. I'll curse at them and I'll laugh at my guides. Again, my guides, my information, whoever that might be at the time. And they play along with me. But if they nudge enough, if they just won't stop, then I know. And nine times out of 10, when something like that happens, the reaction I get from the person that I'm saying is just such beautiful confirmation. Um, so that's part of the knowing. If I'm that, I also check my ego. It's like, am I saying this because I'm? it's for me or am I saying it for them? Is this for me or for them? And until I get a little more clear on that, then I just pause. And sometimes you just share stuff. And sometimes it's just a way of playing. And it, it, you can also feel out who's receptive to it in different ways and be sensitive into how they're receiving. I remember I had a circumstance once that something came through so strongly and someone, there's a woman sitting across the table from me asking me, it's like, I don't think you want to hear this. It's like, I don't. And then she just kind of let it go. And it kept coming through that I was supposed to say something. And I finally did. And I said, you know, the thing that we let go of 10 minutes ago, well, I'm supposed to, and this is what's coming through. She got so upset. What makes you think that you can cross my boundaries to open up and say something like this? Like you were calling it in. You asked me for it before. And so kind of gauging people, that was a lesson. It's not that I was energetically invading, but what I found that she actually got upset about is that she had such armor and such a vault put up around her and how easily I was just able to like go in past her combination lock. But the truth is she wanted to hear that information, but she was so protected in her life that it really shook her that I was able to tap in so easily. But when you can tap in and the real reason you tap in is through the heart. And when that happens, then fantastic. If you're trying to manipulate it, that's a mind magic thing you'll know the difference. It's really easy. And you also mentioned clairsentience. Can you just define that just for people that may not know what that is? Clairsentience, it's being able to feel information. It's like in the clairsentience, I'll feel an energetic flow coming through me and my body interprets it and gives me like millisecond pictures that all of a sudden I can interpret and put words to. So it's feeling through it. And in the clairsentience, it also invokes I get to be clear audience sometimes, which I hear information. I get to be clear cognizant where it's just the mind just picking up and translating. There's the different clairs that come up and we all have them in different ways. Some are stronger than others, but the clear sentience is really what's built up. And then I get to just play with these others as they come in in different ways. So I also have similar, I'm clear sentient as well. And I will say early on, there's many flubs I made, many, <laughs> where, you know, it's like my truth bell would go off and be like, oh, that person's lying. I also went to Catholic school for 12 years. And so there were moments when um, it was really challenging at times as a child, when your truth bell's going off and you're like, that's not actually the real story. And then mm -hmm. also, like I said, Ascended Master Jesus was one of my guides. And so I'd ask him. And so I'd raise my hand as a child saying, you know, I'll give you one, one time I was learning about why we had to confess our sins, go to a priest. And so I just raised my hand and I said, Father Roger, I said, but 
you know, we've been taught God's all loving. Is that true? Yes, my child, God's all loving. I said, okay, so if I just take out the middleman and go right to God, I mean, if I'm really sorry for my sins, God's going to forgive me, right? He got really upset. Yeah. Because I was basically making his job obsolete in some ways. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and he threw me out of the classroom and he told me as I was walking out, come back when you stop thinking like a Protestant. I was like, how does a uh, Protestant think? What does that mean? Wait, let me go check them out. <laughs> right? And so I had to really understand like when my truth bell is going off, like, okay, discern, use discernment. Mm. Is this beneficial in this experience for your human to ask a question? Is it, because also too, like you were saying, sometimes when you're giving that beautiful example of this person that you're with, that they're really armored yet on some level, they're asking for the armor to be released and they're confused about where the key is, right? If they really didn't want it, they wouldn't have been inviting it in. And so, because everybody has free will, right? And right. so you were then on some level got the information and you could clearly with your clears see the key. <laughs> and what were you gonna say? I think it's important to note also is you have to check your intentions and I'm very clear of my intentions. I just want to share and be loved. I mean, really, I have so much care and compassion for people that there's nothing I'm trying to manipulate or get. If I feel like I'm trying to get, like, if I'm interested in someone and want to get their attention and all that, it's like, I'm not going to turn on my psychic senses to try to get, mm. that's manipulation. I'm very much aware of that. And so when we know what our foundation is, and for most of y'all, most of the people who listen to my show and are part of the membership or whatever things they do, most of their foundations is like, it's love. They've gone through, it's like the manipulation, the controlling other people, the, you know, what people would call narcissistic tendencies or really selfish motivations. And they really just want to open and be in this place of reciprocal relationship where it's good for everybody, where it's win-win. And if we really approach it from that place, then you can really trust what's coming through for you. When you're talking about when you're in the heart, when you shift from being in your head to your heart, in the heart space, and that is coming through, there is such a clarity to it. And it just, that energy of love, because you're in the high vibrational frequency, it just feels different as opposed to being in that space of that control or fear or in that lower vibrational. And you can feel it, like you're saying, in your body. I will say that it is, it has been a practice for me also, though. It's like, okay, sometimes if I'm in my heart and information comes up, sometimes there has been also fear of like, I don't want to get involved. Mm -hmm. And there was a situation for me, I was, um, a lot of things happen for some reason in coffee shops for me at Starbucks, particularly. <laughs> I was once in a situation where I just worked with one of my intuitive energy healer teachers the day before, and I was asking about compassion. And I said, you know, I think I'd like to understand compassion in a whole nother level, which you're speaking about intention, right? Mm -hmm. So the guides definitely heard me about that intention. And then the next day I was in a coffee shop and I was in line and this woman came in, she was unsheltered. And she went up to the front of the line and she asked for a glass of water. She had one of the most incredible, beautiful, like angelic voices. Like I could just feel it. Mm. And immediately the baristas, everyone, the cashiers just froze and they said, no, we're not allowed. 
and you could feel the whole place just stopped everyone froze and it was like everybody could not move and there was a paralyzation energy happening and i was like whoa and i could feel it she then asked again and again so kind sweet and again they said no she then moved down to the baristas they said no and it was just like the whole place was being held in this paralyzation energy of being just frozen and it was like she was the only one that could move on one hand it was really interesting and the other hand my guides were like it's like sometimes i don't know for you sometimes they nudge me they nudge me they're like you can buy her a bottle of water i argue with them too like i don't want to i don't want to get involved nope nope not happening Uh uh-uh no way and they're like you can you can do it and they kept pushing me and so then finally i was like fine and i got the bottle of water and i said just give me the words to say though because this is so heavy right now this experience i need the words and so they just brought through the words and i just i said something to the effect that you know thank you so much for everyone doing your jobs i understand that you're following your protocol and i want to recognize that And on the other hand, I want to recognize, though, as a customer that I'm able to buy her a bottle of water. And so I'm buying her a bottle of water. So I gave her the water and then she reached over and she started hugging me. And it was on one hand, I was like, God, this is so beautiful. On another hand, I was like, what is happening? But then her love and she whispered in my ear. She's like, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, this is the compassion. This is, I just asked for this yesterday. I'm in it and she's in it with me. And so I hugged her tightly back and I was like, no, thank you. Thank you for hearing what I just asked for yesterday. Thank you. And then she left and then the whole place was released. Mm -hmm. And then it just felt like this incredible waves of peace and love energy came through the place. And it was just truly like, it taught me so much. I'm just so grateful that you spoke about how you talk to your guides, because I think it's just really good for people to hear. You can talk back, you can argue. Yeah. I love your story because it really demonstrates you asked for it and the serendipity showed up for it. It, You really had an angel show up in physical form in that and you got to see what the opposite of compassion was people being in the very kind of the way that we're trained to be but you were able to demonstrate compassion not only to her but to them in the way that you spoke and so you bought the information and from the foundation of love and we can define love as many different things but love and its dignity its reverence its honor its compassion that comes in and you not only got to express it for them and for her and in her hug for you the compassion that you're receiving for being brave for going beyond a comfort zone for a part of you that was tense and going i'm not doing this i don't want to get involved and the compassion it took to surrender to a part of you that's alive but can be so neglected in the way that we grew up in the way that we think that we have to be. So the hug, what released in you from the interaction and from her and you saying thank you to her 
What part of you can breathe a little bit deeper into the essence of love that you truly are by recognizing it? And like with your guides, building a relationship with that part of yourself. As when we argue and play and listen to our guides, we're building relationship. It's all an aspect of discovering the divinity within us that's been so asleep for so long and that we get to go deeper into it and know ourselves at that level in our capacity. It's so beautiful. And we get to go through the crunchy parts in different times and to experience it. But the profundity of emotions that go through our body as we receive that. So we learn to stop our emotions short when bad things happen. We learn to stop our emotions short when good things happen as well. And so to learn to have those waves of emotional energies go through our entire system, to receive it, to experience it, to embody, man, that's just ecstasy. And that's what we're stepping more into. And the expansion that everyone's talking about. Yeah. Which is just so powerful. I'm going to go back to the psychic information because just last week in some of my clients, they had information that they're holding on to a few of them that is kind of sometimes preventing them from leaving in the present. So you got the information that you're getting married and it's going to be 18 years. How do you understand, okay, that doesn't mean that I can't be present in this moment and enjoy all the experiences of being married, being with my wife, evolving in terms of a family. How do you work with it? I was fortunate enough to let it go. I asked what I was supposed to do with it. And it was like, I was like, I don't know who you are, who's telling me this. And thank you very much. Am I supposed to get the wedding annulled? This happened on, in our reception, the day of the wedding. The story is we're in the reception. I was so in love with my wife. Um, I was just in bliss. Family coming in from all over the country, from another country for this big party. It was amazing. And I get the chills. I get super nervous. I start breaking out in a sweat. And I'm told to go find an office to go sit in during the reception of the wedding. This Maybe. from your guides? My guides, yeah. I sit down in the chair and I hear the second I sit down, you're going to be married 18 years. It's like, who is this? And I don't know how I had the wherewithal to ask who this is because I'd never been raised like that. But it's like, who is this? No answer. And I take a breath and I hear one more time, you're going to be married 18 years. It's like, what's that supposed to mean? And so I start arguing, what am I supposed to get annulled? It's like, no, it's like, whatever. It's like, I'm in love. It's do what you need to do. Thank you very much. I'm going back to my party. And it ended there. And I maybe thought about it twice during our marriage of 18 years. And the second time I thought about it was 15 years in when all these people around me were getting divorced and they were telling me deep stories about their divorce and what they were going through. And I knew it was like, oh, something's brewing. It's like, these are all messages for me and the stories through other people. There's a reason I'm having 10 different people talking to me about their marriage transitioning. And it just came through. Now, what I am aware of now and again, the different state of consciousness that we're all in at this time. And maybe this will help some of y'all that are listening. It certainly helped me. Is that I'm in a beautiful relational dynamic now. And she is amazing. And I'm so present with presence with her. That to project what it's supposed to be and all these, I can feel where it's going, the potential of it. 
And it's wonderful, but I realized that it's not me that's doing the relationship. It's God is doing the relationship and I happen to be in it. Source is doing the relationship. And I've learned to trust that over the years in different experiences that I had where it's synchronicity and what we would call magic would show up out of nowhere and guide me to these places that I never would have imagined. I know from embodied experiences, not from some wish or some psychic connection or anything else, but from physical embodied experience, that as I let go and let God, that my life flows with so much beauty and grace, even during difficult times. Those difficult times are demonstrating something that is resolving, something that's evolving also. And so I realize now that everything that's happening supposedly to me is happening for me. And it's God that's doing these other things. And as I release control and follow more an organic guidance and an organic unfolding and trust my ability to take action because of what I've trained myself to take action in, both in relational dynamics through work, how we build the show, just in life that we are co-creating now not with survival mechanisms, but we're co-creating with something much larger than ourselves that is the impetus for the evolution of our human consciousness. And that's exciting. I mean, that's just, y'all. if y'all think the world's not in a great place, I'm telling you, it's just starting to get good in the most good of ways. <laughs> it's really what we're co-creating with right now. And that divine intelligence that is evolving, not only through frequencies that we're receiving from different planes, if you will, but the consciousness that's being birthed in the younger children and the awakening that's happening in the psyches of so many people who are getting in tune with what we would call their psychic capacities, their ability to tune in, to be more empathic, to be more aware of the implications of their actions, but also the implications of the love that they give, of the integrity that they share with others and how that is really a springboard for creating the lives that they always wanted to create, that nine to fives or buying the latest car or fashion trend or whatever can never satisfy. Mm. The working hours, the paces that we've kept in Western society to keep up or finding that those values no longer serve us. They never really did. They filled the chemical need that we had to have dopamine responses so that we could mm -hmm. keep attracting that thing that was somehow satisfy something that was much deeper that we weren't attuned to. And so we're getting to the root of that thing that we weren't attuned to, whether it was abandonment or neglect, it's separation in some essence. And of course, that emanates through what we perceive as the separation of source, mm -hmm. where we left ourselves in the process. And so we're coming back home to that. And we're really attuning and reclaiming these capacities of intimacy within ourselves, and then sharing that intimacy with others. And in that, our lives are going to be so much more rich than anything else could have provided any house, any zero in your bank account that you added behind the one. Our values are shifting tremendously. And I don't think that we will recognize ourselves where we were today in five years. 
I think it is happening at such a quick pace that if y'all just focus and tune in, do some of that awareness, the somatic work, do some of the just being open to receiving guidance and energy from a source that may not seem logical, but that exists, whether it's through your connection with nature or with food or sitting down and meditating or holding a baby or making love or holding your parents' hand, whatever it is, tune in to that essence of like that compassion that you felt with that woman. Were you there to be a little bit more than you would have before? And you'll tune into those energies and they will inform you more and more. They're informing you now. You're just becoming more attuned to that radio station within your frequency and the clarity of that is going to guide you in such beautiful ways. That's really beautiful. And as you were sharing, I just was thinking, um, you've mentioned love a few times during this, the energy of love, the heart. And it's so profound to think on your wedding day, you're in the energy of love and feeling that bliss. And it's interesting to think like the information coming through is that just the reminder of just the presence of enjoying because if you look at it from the energy of fear and from old paradigm then what does that mean that i shouldn't be in this like i should annul it yeah but if you look at it from the energy of love and connectivity and not from separation oh I'm in my heart and I feel the bliss. I let the bliss expand even more because whether I have one day married or 18 years, it's about being present and being in this energy of love. And what a beautiful gift that is. Yeah, I was actually in an experience where I started, again, that relationship, the, the cancer relationship, I'll call that when I heard that she had cancer. When we first started opening up to seeing each other, it's like there was these overwhelming feelings of love that were coming in. And it overwhelmed me. It overwhelmed me so much that I was actually sitting on my couch in my home, kind of shaking a little bit. It's like, what is happening? There's a vulnerability. It's opening up at me. And I was resisting it. And I was resisting it. And it was nerve wracking. And I took a couple of deep breaths and I came to realization. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. If I choose to experience like this level of being loved and the one that feels safe and comfortable, that this nervousness is trying to keep me from moving beyond. If I live life at this level, this is how good it gets and how good it gets isn't good enough for me anymore. There's something more and I'm not willing to be numb at 42 years old and just stay here for the rest of my life. There's no way I am going to be here and not grow. So if this woman loves me for the next day and I get to feel this for one day, if she loves me like this for the rest of my life, I don't care what it is. I'm opening up to saying yes to it. And whatever happens after tomorrow is none of my business. But I know that I am choosing. And she was an expression of what I was opening to and possibilities in different ways in my life. She was just a mirror for all these other sectors of my being alive in this lifetime that I was having access to. And so I didn't care if my heart got broken 10,000 times over. I was going to keep saying yes to feeling that resonance 
that was making me feel alive in ways that I haven't felt alive before because the numbness that I was feeling before, I, you may as well start digging my grave because I mean, really, if I would have chosen to stay there, that would have been really the diminishment of me. I feel that in my heart as you were saying, I could just feel your story in my heart and just the joy of when you really are in that connection space to feel that alive, it's like, yes, whether it's one moment or many days or years, that profound experience of having that kind of heart awakening and that connection, it's so deep. It's like you can feel the tactile aspect of what it feels like to be alive. And after that, it's really hard to go back to the humdrum of being numb and because you are, you don't feel alive. You just feel empty. What is the point of all this? And that's where then you can get into the diminishment, despair, and it can cause just such difficulty in your life even more. And which, again, you bring up a really good point of you can have the feeling of love and you can also be scared in the experience. You can if be too If you're not scared, <laughs> if you're not scared at some point. Terrence McKenna has something that's like, go to the edge of the cliff and jump off. It's so what all the great mystics know, that when you jump off the cliff, that you'll eventually fall on a feather bed. And it's true, in my experience. You jumped off a cliff by creating a show beyond the ordinary. I did. Like, this was 10 years ago. This is really before anybody is doing any of this. It somewhat, but not out there. And you career transition in a massive way. You probably didn't also have a lot of training in doing this. No, I had none. I had and none. so how did that happen? I'll keep the story short. I started working for the mentor that I hired to work with me. After we did a few sessions, we were supposed to have 10 sessions. And I paid a lot of money for that. It was crazy how much, but I knew I had to do it. After I went there, she's like, you need to come work with me. Nobody has caught on to this work as quickly as you did. Come help me build my platform. I want to do this. I want to do this. It's like, okay. And the business that had been gifted to me, I sold. Right at the time, and the business sold like that. I got divorced, sold my business, sold my house all within three weeks. Wow. Boom, 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 boom. It just landed. It's like it was meant to happen. The effortless and, flow. And the sell that business supported three years of working on this platform and developing. So I got a deep education on online platforms, on email marketing, on the systems that need to be in place. She really acted as a mentor in these spiritual realms for me that gave me context of these dreams and visitations that I was having and these awakenings that I had. And for any of y'all who were having an inkling of that showing up, to have someone that you can follow or listen to or mentor, it's huge because to try to make sense of all this on our own it's a lot so i was blessed to be on this fast track of growth by having someone who's profoundly aware of these realms so that was huge and after three years it was just time to start working together it was time for me to evolve i needed to do my own thing and i didn't know what i was going to do my last paycheck was december 2012 i remember that and then i didn't know what i was doing next so i worked for her pro bono. I was like, I'll just keep working here. You don't have to pay me until I find my next thing. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just heard, start a show, start a show, start a show. I was like, okay, but what am I supposed to do? I don't have any training. There's a couple of people out there doing it really well. Know the subject. They're so articulate. They're so elegant. They're doing, they're like really successful. It's like, why should I start a show? 
And I just kept hearing start a show, start a show. And I was running out of funds. I had them depleted my bank account. And when how old are your kids at this time? My daughters were probably 16 and 13, 16 and 12, no, 16 and 14 when I started. So you still had to pay for certain things. And oh, I had child support. I was renting a house. I had all kinds of expenses that were happening. I had $7,000 a month worth of expenses and I had $5,000 in my bank account the day I launched my show. Wow. And I wasn't freaking out about money. I was like, okay, I guess I'll go work at Starbucks or at Safeway or something. I'll go move in with mom and dad and my ex-wife's going to have to be pissed off at me for a couple of months until I figure out, but we'll figure it out. I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried and everything just lined up and I kept hearing just the guy just like, just we'll tell you when we'll tell you when to go. We'll tell you when to go. And I got the impetus to, okay, I'm creating the show in March of 2013. It took me six weeks to build up the platform. It should have taken me six months. I synchronicity just came in and these people showed up to help me invite these amazing guests. I had an email list of zero. I had two people let me borrow their email lists so I can tell speakers that I had an email list that I was sending out to, which was small, but I'd call speakers to be on the show. They're like, we don't know why we're saying yes, but yes. How can you call us? You're starting this in four weeks and you want us to promote. You want us to send to our list of 500,000 people to promote your little show. I said, yeah, like, okay, we'll do it. It's like, wow, this is weird. And it kept getting yes and yes and yes and yes. And within six weeks, we launched the show and I thought I was going to be doing three seasons. I do three seasons in one year. I thought I'd do it for like six months to a year and move on to something else. And it's just kept flowing 10 years later. After the first season, all my expenses were covered. I was making more money than I was making before. It just built up and I just, I listened and I allowed my vulnerability to be one of my biggest gifts. I allowed the integrity of my vulnerability. Instead of trying to play up that I'm something, I was just, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm compelled to do it. And I have to share this work that has served me so well with as many people that I can. And it's through that integrity that it just blossomed without a doubt. And I thought I was building the show to help other people, to demonstrate what other works out there, to introduce new speakers into the spiritual circle and community. Um, I built the show for me and I realized that probably about five to seven years in, in different ways that it was all for me. It was all for me building community and forming intimate relationships and to grow and to go deeper. And yes, of course I serve the audience, but whenever we give from that overflowing cup, it can't help but to come right back at you with even more than what was there. And that the more that you receive, the more you give, the more you receive, the more you gift. And that's the type of flow that I've been building for over 10 years. And I really feel that's where as a consciousness and humanity that we're all heading truly. But I've been so blessed to experience the opportunity that's awakening for so many in their consciousness right now. Your story is so incredibly beautiful and it also just really demonstrates divine flow in terms of your divine design and the connectivity and that wisdom that can come through and the connection points that can happen. Several of my clients are concerned in terms of some of the worldly aspects of things happening, recession possibly, 
And I always say the universe isn't going to go through a recession. <laughs> and I know that you're concerned that you might not have the connections via LinkedIn. The universe has all the connections. They are the biggest LinkedIn. <laughs> and your story just demonstrates that in terms of the synchronicity and the connection and the intention where you're hearing the information and then you're allowing yourself to be in the groundedness and alignment and in flow of your divine design. And in that then all the doors are then opening and not to mean that there's not going to be some challenges because there could be some fear coming up, like having $5,000 in the bank, but having $7,000 of expenses. How is that going to work? Yeah. I have people that I'm responsible for. Oh my God, my ex-wife's going to be really upset with me. And you then are using tools that you've been learning to process the thoughts, the emotions, to stay grounded and aligned, to stay in that presence of where you are in your divine design to allow it to come through, which is then the connection point of the trust, the actual trust point of not only trust in terms of your sacredness of where you are in your presence and your divine design, also trusting the information in that flow. I feel like sometimes I've had a few of those experiences where I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And I don't know how you can tactilely understand the embodiment of it. For me, it's been that connection of that faith and that trust and that quote that you gave in terms of jumping off, like really jumping off and trusting and understanding that you are going to be caught on the bed of flowers or feathers and you're going to be okay. Can you allow yourself to move through the discomfort? And sometimes that discomfort can feel like you're in it for a long time, even though it might only be a minute. So with that, I feel like it's a good point where is there a practice that you could bring people through to help them if they're on this road of confusion or not knowing where they may be going, they may have a sense or maybe they're kind of moving through some sort of discomfort. Is there a tool that you could bring us through right now? Yeah, there's actually really simple to one. And now I want to bring awareness to a couple of things. So the practices and tools are wonderful. And there's a point where you embody those practices and tools that you don't have to pull them out. They're just naturally there. So if you look at a baseball pitcher, he just knows how to throw that curveball. He doesn't have to think about where to put the fingers on the ball anymore. It just happens automatically. That'll happen automatically with this evolvement that we're in, we don't have to keep going back to the textbook to try to, it's like, oh, we need to turn to page 54 for this thing that's coming up in our nervous system. It just, it'll really become an automatic response, which is so liberating because we're so empowered. And if we think about, if we're in fear of a recession, for example, really, what are you afraid of? I mean, really, what are you really afraid of? And go down and don't just go, if you go through your first answers and that's the superficial level. And go down and do four or five iterations and go deeper into intimacy of what the real fears are. And as we go deeper into the intimacy of it and take time in between it so you can really be present with what's there. And as we go into intimacy, it's a practice into self-intimacy, getting to know yourself better, getting to know your nervous system, fight or flight responses that come up. And it builds compassion and intelligence. It's like, oh, and of course I'm nervous about this because of this, this, and this. And you start putting pieces of the puzzle together, which then your body starts relaxing through the awareness. It's like, oh, of course. And then when an emotion spikes, you can actually sit 
or stand and instead of getting fidgety or taking action or feeling like you need to do something to relieve it right away, you can sit with it. And that's the uncomfortable part is to allow the somatic experience to just flow through your body and see where it stops in your body and allowing it to be present because it's trying to guide you and it's actually trying to release past trauma, ancestral trauma, past life trauma from this lifetime or from your body, excuse me, and that it just evolves. And that the more you let it flow, the more that third field becomes active and the more that your energy expands and the more that you actually are more in the creator mode than you are in the response hypervigilance mode. So super important to go deep with that. And again, it just becomes an embodied awareness and tool that just becomes automatic. And so you learn how to hear in ways that you just weren't attuned to before. Simple practice. And I'll give everybody just one statement and it's a mirror statement. And this mirror statement teaches presence. It also helps to re-entrench your neural pathways with a higher octave of a belief system. So if you were five years old and you got bit by a dog and you're traumatized by it and you have a fear of dogs now, anytime you might hear a dog barking, you may get some type of nervous system response that puts you in hypervigilance. That means that your amygdala is releasing peptides that are triggering, wiring, or firing that particular neural pathway that has that memory stored in your brain. With these tools, what we actually do is you're bringing in presence and you're releasing peptides into a higher octave of a belief system. And so the old one gets drowned out, it atrophies because it's not being fed anymore. And the new belief gets to be imprinted as an action-taking ability. It also serves for soul recovery because as you energetically attune to a higher aspect of yourself through your beliefs, then your energy opens up, which means that any disassociated energy from trauma is at a frequency where it can meet the confidence level, if you will, the higher octave level that you had before, before you lost that piece, and it can come back into your awareness. This is soul retrieval, if you will, or it's bringing back pieces that were lost through trauma through disassociation, whichever way you want to do it. I like talking about the soul level because I'm more romantic that way. But then we hold this process as I'm giving you these statements there's a process in where you actually hold the intention and the presence with it for longer than 15 seconds. And if you can hold that intention in mind for longer periods of time, it becomes more active in your system. You get to create it as a reality. So when I give this to people to work, as when I work with clients every once in a while, and I've started to do it in um, plant medicine ceremonies as a way to initiate people before they actually go into that plant medicine experience and it takes their journey to a whole different level super simple and i'll take you through the alchemy of it you have to be in a point where you can receive something you have to feel like it's safe to receive it when you feel you can receive it it's safe then you can actually get to a place where you feel like you can deserve it and from deserving it then well maybe i can if i deserve it then maybe it is possible and then from can it's like hold on a second i can actually do this so you become the embodiment of that oh, wow, not only I can, but I do it. And when you can do it, when you can tap into the frequency of gratitude, there's a field that ignites that is beyond, like the heart and the mind and the body all merges one 
new possibilities emerge. And when you start the show with the gratitude, you can feel the energy building something. It's just, it's so beautifully creative. And then we get into the process where you're actually saying to yourself first. So I'll take you through it. Let's say success. It's safe to be a success. I deserve to be a success. I can be a success. I am a success. I am so grateful that I am a success. And you're doing these all by looking directly in your left eye in the mirror. You're reassociating with your brain and its presence with yourself. You're actually speaking to your inner child, past lives, and you're invoking in the truth from your higher self as well. And so all these pieces are merging as one. And so as you do them through the mirror, there's no way you can be grateful for it if you don't even feel that you're safe, right? There's no way you can do it if you don't feel like you can deserve it. There's no way you can if you don't think it's safe. And so again, there's an alchemy in this that works, but then you repeat it with your name in front of it. So Henry, it's safe to be a success. Henry, you deserve to be a success. Henry, you can be a success. Henry, you are a success. And when you work these processes in front of a mirror in this way, you can feel the chemistry running through you. You can feel the resonance of your voice shifting your cells. You feel your energy expanding. And we keep it really simple. And you can do it with, I'm a priority. I deserve to be loved for all that I am. I'm healthy. D depending on what's coming up through people's situations we create very specific statements typically sets of five to ten to practice with the mirror every day i deserve to be your priority Forever. how long would you do it for at first the processes as i was getting used to it um 10 minutes a day easy but i love the energy the meditation of it and my connection to all the different aspects of it i'd sit in the mirror sometimes for an hour hour and a half and feeling so much running through me because I got so high off of it. It was so amazing. And within 30 days of using these statements, you can start feeling a difference, your presence with other people. People look at you, it's like, how can you look at me so directly in the eye and be so present? Well, you practice it within yourself. If you can be intimate with yourself, it's so much easier to be with someone else. But the confidence of knowing that you're a priority and owning that and embodying that because you've changed the chemistry in your brain that would tell you something otherwise through any limitation that it had before. And so we get to keep upgrading those octaves. I deserve to be happy. Oh my God. They're really so simple. Mirror work is so powerful. I am so grateful for you bringing this forward because it is something that I have done. My teachers have given me homework on to do. And I have never heard though, what is it about the left eye? What is that? Connecting with the soul. If you're healing masculine wounds and other things like that, it's good to go in the right eye, but that's a whole different interpretation of it. Left eye is the connection to the soul. It's also a connection into the feminine. And that can be the connection to Gaia, to the earth realm, to nature is also. Left eye is always a go-to because it is the gateway for the soul. Thank you for that information. I appreciate it. And I will just add sometimes when I've done it, sometimes my face has morphed where I've seen past lives too. Yeah, absolutely. We is interesting as well. So I'm going to hope that everyone uses this tool and this homework. And I'd love to hear back from our audience if they do, because I agree 30 days of 40 days 
really can support shifting. And recently I've also read, there's research done on if you high five yourself in the morning in the mirror, that also can really support you. And basically it's the whole confidence encouragement that you're talking about and really acknowledging yourself. And so that's something that I've also just been bringing in with my clients because I, I was a cheerleader when I was in high school and elementary school. So I feel like anything to cheer, I'm like, yeah, why not high five ourselves? Amazing. So adding that in. But I just want to say thank you so much, John, for joining and sharing your inspiring story. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for creating Beyond the Ordinary. I just so appreciate you. Thank you for following your guidance and for being here in this physical world at this time with us. And how can people find you? johnburgos.co j-o-h-n-b-u-r-g-o-s.co and that has everything about the show otherwise i work with people there's retreats that we have coming up that i'm starting to do live it's amazing yeah what are the retreats can you share before we go one coming up in a few weeks so that's going to be too late but there's um entrepreneurial retreat that's coming up for september we're hashing out details it'll be in hawaii and there's one that's definitely happening in Tulum the first week of November. We're just starting to post that on the website in the next couple of weeks. That's going to be amazing. We're going to be doing water ceremonies down there and invoking the sacred waters of the cenotes. And I'm bringing a galactic water healer. She is freaking amazing. Yell Green, she is a PhD. She is from another realm and here simultaneously. And it's going to be a fantastic, amazing experience for anybody who shows up for that. I'm so excited about it. Amazing. So go to his website, listen to his show Beyond the Ordinary. And before we go, I just want to de-link. As many of you know, I like to de-link. So if you can, if this resonates with you, please say this. And if you are a Reiki practitioner, you can also do dry bathing. So here we go. I asked to break the links with this podcast. I asked to break the Reiki links, leaving only harmony and balance at either ends. I also have to clear any residual energies being held in my body as a result of these links. I ask the light Reiki to fill all the void cells, rejuvenates, refreshes, revitalizes for my highest good with ease and grace. And so it is. May peace be with all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. And please remember, everyone, that you have the ability to connect into your own self-healer. Activating it is key. Learning how to shift from lower vibrational frequencies to higher it is a process to learn, grow, and master, but it is so much fun and so much joy as John has been showing us. So, but remember, be patient with your human and be patient with yourself as you discover the ability to do so. Feel free to listen to this as much as you want because there is some amazing, uplifting, and elevating consciousness in this. And thank you so much, everyone. Have a beautiful day.